You can uh, open your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I'll get there in a few minutes. want to welcome everyone and um, yeah, just uh, we're continuing in our series here, Building Strong Families and uh, continuing really in the adventure of following Jesus together. And uh, this morning, our topic uh, is uh, the resources, stewarding the resources of the family. And uh, man, I had such a, I had a message all uh, planned out for this. We're going to deal with uh, all of the resources of a family, Uh, broke it down into five areas, the the financial, the intellectual, the physical, uh, the relational, and the spiritual. I was working away on that, and um, just over the last few days, the Lord had a different message in mind, and he reminded me that the greatest resource to any of us uh, is time. And so this morning, you're going to get a message on time. You're going to get a message on uh, how time, and whether we're talking about normal time or God's time, but time uh, actually impacts all the other resources of our families uh, way more than any one thing. And so uh, I was reminded of this, my first experience moving from my time to God's time uh, occurred 23 years ago. Uh, 23 years ago, I was uh, in the northern part of Hong Kong at a retreat center, uh, was attending a retreat called the Walk to Emmaus, and um, found myself on this little path through uh, a small little stand of bamboo that ended up coming out uh, on, a, on a rocky peak with a cross on it, and it was in that moment uh, that I had my first encounter with God. And I'd been seeking for a while, but I felt very clearly the presence of God, the wind stopped blowing, and time seemed to stand still. I felt like I was up there with him for hours, and it was probably just a few minutes. But in that time, uh, I felt God's presence. I felt him taking the, the weight of my sin off of me, uh, felt him uh, receiving me, accepting me, um, and cleansing me. And I, it's kind of complicated, but that's about his best way that I can express it. And it was in that, that time that seemed to stand still in that moment that uh, felt like hours that I began to learn the difference between uh, God's time and and my time. And I believe the message the Lord gave me over the last few days is that uh, what Jesus really wants for us is to have a Kairos life in a Kronos world. He wants us to have a Kairos life in a Kronos world. And Kairos and Kronos are two Greek words that mean time. Uh, Kronos, we all know or are familiar with chronology, uh, chronological. Kronos time is the time of the day, the time of uh, the appointment, the time of the uh, incident. Uh, We all have 
24 hours of chronos time each day. But kairos time is, is an appointed time. It is a prophetic time. It is a, uh, a full holy time. It's, it's, it's God time. It's these moments that seem to break in to normal daily life. And I believe this is the number one resource to any family is to be able to have this access to the to the chronos to the from the chronos life or from the chronos world into a kairos life where time is elastic and time uh, is filled with god's presence and time is uh, sometimes miraculously reorganizing our thoughts our attitudes our perceptions to be able to see the way God sees in that in that moment and uh, Kairos alters all of the other resources that come to the family whether they're intellectual physical relational financial because these moments come from God and God, as we know, stands above time. In Second Peter 3, verse 8, he says that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. God is above time, and he can come in and slow things down, speed things up. He operates above that. And what I believe he does is he invites us into the things he's doing, the things he's saying, the perceptions he has in order to influence our daily Kronos world. And so this happened for sure when Moses realized the bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. That was a Kairos moment where Moses went from being a shepherd in the desert to having an encounter with God and taking his shoes off because he was on holy ground. Well, in a sense, we are all prisoners of Kronos, aren't we? We are born into a world with 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and Kronos time marches on relentlessly. And in a sense, um, we, are, we are prisoners of that. And when the people managing Kronos put in a little daylight savings, uh, we feel even more uh, like we are enslaved to that, to that change. Obviously, uh, Kronos time is super helpful and it is one of the things God created. So it is, it is a good thing. But God invites us into Kairos time and he breaks in in different ways. And Kairos time uh, in this picture here uh, kind of gets twisted and changed and manipulated because God can do that. He can 
make the sun stand still for 24 hours. He can do lots of things that bring us to the attention of, of who he is. And he is, he is inviting us. This happens uh, when we're invited to meditate on God's word day and night. We can enter into Kairos. When we're with the scriptures, one, one Bible commentator, Chris Webb, says that the Bible is the meeting place between earth and heaven and is that place where that borderline has worn thin and we can move in and out of Kronos and Kairos. Um, Sometimes we notice that even below the ink, there might be a little fire because that word jumps off the page and goes right to our heart. And we have that moment where we recognize God has uh, come off of the page and into our spirit. And in that moment, we have that leap between Kronos and Kairos. It can happen in really practical daily ways that God chooses to break in. We can be on a, a long drive. I've had uh, a family testify to this. They can be on a long drive when things are not necessarily going great in the car and you put Adventures in Odyssey on and a story starts happening and every, all of a sudden everybody enters into that story. And you can be, as a family, driving along and all of a sudden 50 miles have gone by and it's been quiet because everybody's entered into that story. So these, these things break in uh, to our daily life and if we're looking for them, they're thrilling. Like obviously I was looking for this this morning, but at the first service, Burr Robinson and his grandson Nick were ushering and I noticed they both had bow ties on. And uh, it, it just... Again, I was just walking back and forth, and I just see there the love of a grandfather for his grandson and the love and desire of the grandson to imitate the grandfather, to both have, you know, just sharp sports coats on and these little bow ties. It was beautiful, and it was just a random moment, but it it brought me into the love that, that those two are experiencing as they serve Jesus here. And so I want to go into Ephesians chapter 5 because I want to I answer the question, okay, so how do we develop this Kairos life in our Kronos world? And uh, Paul gives us a really, really clear uh, answer to that question in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. Would you read that together out loud with me? The word of the Lord. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart 
giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This integrated thought here by Paul actually precedes all of his instruction on marriage, all of his instruction on parenting, all of his instructions on work, and then all of his instructions on prayer and spiritual warfare. So we might say that in the logic of Paul's mind, this is the prerequisite for building a strong family. This is a prerequisite for a marriage that is made in heaven. This is a prerequisite for parenting in the ways of God. This is a a prerequisite for life. So let's break it down just briefly. Look carefully then how you walk. Walk there is how you live, right? It's not be careful how you walk. I mean, if you watch me walk, I got knock knees and flat feet and terrible. But it's how you live. Not as unwise, but wise. Making the best use of the kairos. That's the word there. The kairos. Because he's talking about the chronos world is evil. The days are evil. So walk in kairos. Order your days according to the will of the Lord. And so don't be foolish, but understand what his will is. Obviously, his will is his revealed will, but he goes on to say that there's going to be specific things that the Spirit may speak to us about our life, about our situation. And these things happen as the words jump off the page and and resonate in our hearts. And so understand what God's will is. So if you want to walk with God, if you want to walk in his will, uh, then do it as follows. Don't be drunk on wine. Don't let uh, substances control you. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Because when you're influenced by substances like wine or whatever, it leads to debauchery, which, among other things, is a waste of time. Right? Uh, But be filled with the Spirit. Now, this is a command. He's saying, be filled with the Spirit. So if God's Word says to be filled with the Spirit... And then you ask God to fill you with the Spirit. What does he need to do? If he's commanded you to be filled with the Spirit, what does he need to do? You ask him to fill you with the Spirit. He needs to fill you with the Spirit. Now, there may be sin in the way. You may need to repent and turn from that sin and, and be cleansed from that sin. Because the spirit cannot live with sin. That quenches the spirit. So there may be some confession that needs to happen. There may be some repentance that needs to happen. And as we have communion this morning, you have the opportunity again to to do that very same 
searching of your heart and getting straight with God, confessing your sin. And because of his blood and his body given on the cross, we are forgiven. This is the good news, right? Well, he, he says, be filled with the Spirit. And so this is how God wants us to live. And this is then leading into four different things that go on. And I, I like this translation. I'm using this translation this morning because all four things are in the continuous present tense addressing. I mean, if you were to translate the Greek literally, you would say, uh, "Be, but go on being filled with the Spirit. And then you'd be, go on addressing each other, go on singing, go on giving thanks, go on submitting. But it's a little bit cumbersome, but the ING uh, gerund ending here gives, gives us the feel for what he's saying. This is a continuous, ongoing activity. So if you are filled with the Spirit, at least four things are going to be happening that you can, you can test. One is you're going to be addressing each other uh, in the ways of God, in the word of God, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. You're going to be speaking blessing over others. Uh, you're, you're not going to be in, engaged in gossip. You're not going to be engaged in slander. But you're going to have uh, coming out of the overflow of your heart with that spirit in there, it's going to come out as blessing, um, as speaking uh, that encourages, that is filled with the ways of God, that is uh, winsome, and so forth. And then you're also going to be singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So this may be uh, vocal singing or non-vocal singing. Um, but this is a, a musical, there's a joy, there's a, a, a passion that comes out of this filling of the Spirit. And then you're going to be giving thanks always and for everything to the, to the Lord, our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're going to be thankful. That's a characteristic of someone who's filled with the Spirit. And then finally, you're going to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, um, we're going to be hearing things like, oh, please, you go first. Or please, how can I help? In other words, we're going to be living the Philippians 2 lifestyle of considering the needs of others, not just our own. We're going to be walking that out in submission. And so if, if um, that looks like picking up a task because someone else is sick, that looks like bringing a meal because someone's had surgery, and this is going on all the time in this body. These are little pictures of this spirit-led submission. So the connection of using kairos wisely flows from knowing God's will into being filled with the spirit into speaking, singing, thanking, and submitting. And that becomes the prerequisite for all of the rest of Paul's teaching on marriage, family, etc., as I said earlier. So this is now, if you will, the door, the doorposts, the door, the door that opens us up into kairos, into making the most 
making the best use of the time. If we want to make the best use of Kairos, this is how to do it. Make sense? Right? So, walking that out then, we have the first thing we have to do is we have to be careful that we don't let our diligence in Kronos block the way to experiencing Kairos. In other words, we can be so focused on our schedule, on productivity, um, or we can be so focused on escaping with whatever it might be, novels, movies, that we actually, uh, we actually don't make room for the Kairos door to open and for us to walk through that door. So we have to be in our, in our diligence, in our di- and by the way, diligence and hard work, that is part of what Jesus wants us to do. But it's, don't let that, don't let your serving, don't let your Martha get in the way of missing your Mary and what Mary was able to receive because she stopped she watched, she waited, and she entered into that connection with Jesus. Now, what does it look like then? Well, it looks like Kairos breaking into Kronos looks like us giving God room. So one way to do that is in our morning prayer, to listen I could even say a day that begins with that is more likely to be plugged into Kairos than any other day that we begin because, first of all, we're making first things first. But we're not just just praying and giving God all our requests. We're not just reading the Bible, but we're listening. We're listening, and maybe we're asking questions about our schedule. Maybe we're asking questions about who we're going to meet. God, what is, what is going on here? What are you doing? Maybe you have a funeral to go to that day. Maybe you have a testy appointment. Maybe you're going to the dentist. Um, all of these things are practical daily realities that you can put before the throne of grace and you can ask. God may add a meeting we were out for a walk on Friday and we walked by the house of someone we knew had had surgery and we just knocked on the door because we felt God wanted us to knock on the door. And we had a wonderful time of prayer, unplanned, but God really showed up in that moment. Um, So it can happen in lots of different ways that all of a sudden you realize you're in Kairos. One way that it can happen is that you can get unusual insights with work or finances or ideas. There are times where you simply receive an idea from above and it can be a game changer in your whole business. It can be a game changer in your relationships. But these things come unexpectedly where you get these ideas. 
you may find yourself in an unexpectedly deep conversation. We were with another couple uh, a few weeks back, and it was getting late. But Marianne and I were looking at each other. She knows I have a bedtime. And uh, uh, we're, we're there. We're just giving each other a side glance. And we knew that we were supposed to stay there. And the conversation opened up in the next few minutes and went very deep for a couple of hours. And it was an incredible blessing. But it, it, could, have been, it could have been one of those ones where you just shut it off because you're not asking or you're not looking for that Kairos moment. There can be a sudden clarity or wisdom in problems. I've shared this story before, but on my way to the hospital in an ambulance when I had a stroke, which was caused by a birth defect about 10 years ago, I'm staring at the ceiling and I have perfect clarity of this could be my time. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. I'm not afraid of it. I felt like Marianne and the kids would be in good hands. I had complete peace. That, there was nothing other than Kairos breaking in to that moment and giving me that, that kind of clarity. But you can sometimes bring a problem to the Lord and it's intractable. And then he just tells you something simple like, ask for forgiveness. And you go to that person, you ask for forgiveness and the dominoes just fall away. The problem just disappears. So it can be in healing or forgiveness uh, or, or freedom from fear. It can just suddenly, it's the suddenlies of God. They just come and it's, it's dispersed. There's new ways of valuing relationships or even like a clarity about identity where uh, a mother and daughter get clear like that. Or the other uh, two Sundays ago when Justin Wolfenberg was sharing how he was working with his son Henry who was 11 or 12 at the time on drywall and it was a really tough problem. They had to hold this drywall up, the ceiling drywall. And on the way home, Henry asks his dad, Dad, did you need me today? Do you remember that story? And that just, that just was one of those moments where the father and the son um, became tied in a way that they had never been before. He needed him. He needed his 12-year-old son. So that can happen. There, there can be new ways of using your gifting. Maybe uh, you've, you've been praying for people for a long time, but all of a sudden people start getting healed. Like in much more frequency than perhaps you have experienced up until that time. Or you've been... And we have, a, we have an example, I think, uh, with Paul Rasmussen, uh, our worship leader, who began, he was prophesied that he would write some new songs, but this song that we've been singing, Dangerous and Beautiful, that was a 
Kairos gift to him that is affecting all of us. And it's just, he put himself in a position to be on sabbatical with the hope of doing that. And God spoke to him and gave him that song. That's a Kairos breaking in to that Kronos. And it can be with gospel people, you share the gospel, nobody seems to be getting it, and then you you begin to see people receiving Christ. You share the good news and nothing much happens. But then all of a sudden, uh, you share it three times in a row and God brings those people. It's, it's, It's him breaking in. It's not us performing. It's him breaking in. But we're sharing the gospel. We were in the mall yesterday at Kenwood. I felt the Lord leading us to go to Kenwood uh, to look for people of peace. And it was a, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a downer to say the least. Uh, We got a chance to ask a woman if uh, I could walk her to her car because it was pouring rain when we got to the mall and I had my umbrella still there. Oh no, that's fine. Somebody's coming to pick me up. Okay. God bless you. Have a nice day. Put my umbrella away. Go in the mall. We're looking for people to talk to. Uh, we see this lady carrying just these huge bags uh, full of shopping stuff that she bought. And it literally, she was having a hard time walking. So she sat down and she went, <sighs> and I said, wow, you look exhausted from a very successful shopping trip. And she laughs and uh, we talk a little bit. And I forgot to ask her if I could pray for her. I just started praying for her and for, for God to give her supernatural energy. And she got totally freaked out. So, that, but for me, God was all over it. I just wasn't paying attention to what was happening with her. Um, but sometimes you go and you start praying for someone and... They get healed or they feel God's presence and you can share Jesus with them. Um, That didn't happen yesterday, but we wanted it to. We asked for it to. We we were praying as we were walking around. And again, this is not something we control. This is something we put ourselves in a position for God to move, right? I want you to get that really clearly. But that's what he wants. So... Uh, Rob shared it yesterday, this, this picture of the men's uh, breakfast. Something really special was going on there in the, in the conversations. There was a, a unity and a, a brotherhood that was even different from previous breakfasts. I don't know what it was, but the presence of God was on it. And so what do we do? Well, we ask. We just ask for the Spirit to come. And and Paul and I did not talk about what he was going to say at the beginning. But this verse has really been on my heart. And let's let's just read it together. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the this is the promise to those who follow Christ. This is the the gift of Pentecost. This is the admonition that we keep asking to be filled. Uh, This is the dependent life on the Spirit. 
which is the door into Kairos. It is the prayer. Uh, it is the, the thing that God wants to do so that we can do all the things that are involved in following Christ. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit who empowers us. And so I, I think of this and I updated our ongoing, we've been working on this definition of what is God's mission for our families. And as we get progressively towards the end of the series, we're going to get more and more practical and we're also going to get more and more outward uh, in our activities. Um, but we've talked about an overcoming multi-generational team of disciples filled with love and grace on a mission to make disciples of Jesus, Right? And bring the Father's kingdom into all their domains. And I've added, directed by the promptings and power of the Holy Spirit. Because without that, we don't have the kind of direction we need to walk through this Kronos life. But with that, with the promptings and with the power of the Spirit, we are brought into this this exciting adventure of following Jesus and doing exactly what he did. Because he was filled to the Spirit without measure all the time. And so he invites us into uh, this Kairos lifestyle. And, and he encourages us to expect Kairos moments. To wake up in the morning expectant for what he's going to do. To be looking and, and watching. To learn how to move between Kairos and Kronos. We actually are human beings. We actually are limited in time. We have one foot in Kronos. That's reality. But we can also have one foot in Kairos. We can move back and forth. We can know when something special is happening. We can respond in the spirit to that. We can, uh, we can act in that moment. We see the possibilities. Jesus wants to see the possibilities of life with God. Yes, we serve him. Yes, we worship him. But he is Emmanuel. He's God with us. The spirit is with us. So it's life with God, not life serving God or life for God or life about God, but it's actually life with God so that we're with him day in and day out. And then the, the, the real test, I think, is this idea, uh, this last point of bringing, um, bringing the kairos into our chronos. In other words, if he speaks something to us, if he shows us something, then there's, there's the step of obedience, of faith, to put it out there. Whether it's sharing a word with someone or stopping someone in the mall who's limping and asking them to pray or whatever it might be, it requires action. Like we have, to, we have to say, wow, I think God is doing something and we have to put it out there. We could be wrong. We could, we could maybe uh, the other person just refuses. That's okay. But we're taking that step to put it into practice. And so Jesus wants us to have a Kairos life in a Kronos world. Does that make sense? Can you see how that would amplify and leverage all the other things you're doing in your day, all the other resources you have in terms of where you might give, where you might serve, 
what you might be looking for as you're walking down the street, what work might be like if you are bringing these, these kairos directions from, from the Lord into your workplace. All kinds of things can change. And so the resources of the family who is listening to God, the resources of a family where a father is really hearing what God says, where a mother is really hearing what God says, where they are in, in tandem reflecting that in their thinking and in their actions, then all of the resources which do not belong to us, they all belong to God, we're stewarding them. Imagine how much more effective we are in stewarding those resources and walking with God. And so the most important resource is time and how we think about time. And so what we're going to do is we, we come into the end of the service. I wanted to celebrate communion so that we could repent and confess anything that's between us and God right now that we could uh, receive communion. And our theme this, this morning is to feed on Jesus, to just feed on his presence, to feed on him. And we're going to invite his presence, and we're going to ask him uh, to fill us afresh with the Spirit. And if you've, if you've not had a filling of the Holy Spirit before that you can, you can discern, you'll know it by the way that you're speaking and singing and giving thanks and submitting. You'll know you're filled with the Spirit. So it's not... It's not uh, you, you may experience a fullness in your spirit. You may experience a lot of joy. You may experience some new spiritual gifts. Uh, but mostly, the real test is the fruit of what happens in your life. And that is the access that we, we, we need for, for knowing God's will and for walking in Kairos. So worship team, if you, you guys want to come up, we're going to have prayer teams and we're just going to use the rest of our time together to worship God, to celebrate communion, to ask for a filling, and to ask that God would give us a, a Kairos life in our Kronos world. And I introduce communion um, out of John chapter 6. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to feed on the presence and the life and the power of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for the body and blood which you gave and you shed for us to be set right with you. Thank you, Lord, for your word, your spirit. And even as we sing about your presence now, Lord, these are the paths to abundant life. These are the doors into Kairos. 
union with you and the Father and the Holy Spirit and union with each other. So come, Jesus, have your time with your church. We worship you, we praise you, and we ask for your presence, and we ask for a filling of your spirit for each and every person here today and listening to this message. Come, Holy Spirit, now.